Good evening. Lady Esther welcomes you to join the Screen Guild players in another brilliant Hollywood event. Red Book Magazine's annual award to the outstanding picture of 1945. Barry Fitzgerald is here in person to make the awards. But first, the play. Lady Esther presents the Red Book Selection for 1945. The Paramount Picture, The Lost Weekend, starring Ray Milland, Jane Wyman, and Frank Phelan. New York, 3rd Avenue. A warm October afternoon. Nat's Bar. A little place is almost empty. Almost, not quite. And how is my very good friend Nat today? Yes, Mr. Boynum. This being an especially fine afternoon, and I having just acquired two lovely bottles, which you will perceive in this paper bag at my elbow, I have decided to ask your hand in marriage. Look, Mr. Boynum, if that is to be your attitude, Nat, I shall have to drown my sorrows in a jigger of rye. Just one, that's all. Sorry, Mr. Boynum. No credit. Today, Nat, you'll be glad to know we can barter on a cash basis. You see? Legal tender. One straight ride. That was the idea. Okay, it's your funeral. First one always tastes rotten, don't it? Or maybe you never like the taste. Again. Say, uh, how about your brother? You told me you and him was going away for the weekend. Uh, we were, and in fact we are, on the 645. Unfortunately, most unfortunately, my brother Wick was called away by a business matter. I just happened to remember a telephone call. Pretty sure. And then you duck right out and spend your train fare for liquor, huh? Taking them two bottles with you? Oh, I may never touch them while I'm there. Not a drop. What you don't understand, all of you, is that I've got to know what's around. But I can have it if I need it, that's all. Yeah, I know a lot of guys like that. Take a bottle and put it on the shelf. All they want is just to look at it. Won't even have a corkscrew, just to be sure. Only all of a sudden, they grab the bottle and bite off the neck. Nat, one more reproving word, and I shall consult our lawyer about a divorce. Let me wipe up the bar. That glass left a circle. No, no. No, don't wipe it away, Nat. Let me have my little vicious circle. You know, the circle is the perfect geometric figure. No end, no beginning. Weave me another, Nat. Oh, come on, Nat. One little jigger of dreams. Nope. You don't approve of drinking? Not the way you drink. You're worried about me, huh? Well, don't be, Nat. Just... Just think what it does to my mind. It tosses the sandbags overboard so the balloon can soar. Suddenly, I'm competent, supremely competent. I'm one of the great ones. I'm Michelangelo molding the beard of Moses. I'm Van Gogh painting pure sunlight. I'm Barrymore before the movie's got him by the throat. I'm a hold-up man. I'm Jesse James's brothers. I'm all three of them. I'm W. Shakespeare. And out there, it's not Third Avenue any longer. It's the Nile, Nat. The Nile. And down it moves the barge of Cleopatra. Listen. Purple the sails, and so perfumed that the winds were lovesick with them. The oars were silver, which to the tune of lutes kept stroke, and made the water which they beat follow. Keep it up, Don. More lines and more. And more little circles on the bar. Three, five, eight, nine. So suddenly you realize it's late. Now grab your bottles and hurry home, but don't go in yet, Don. Look up there first. Look up. All your windows dark. 
Quick, Mr. Gunn. Sure, he'd be mad enough to go away alone. But Helen, Helen may be around. Watch out, she doesn't see you sneaking in. All right, you're in. Now lock the door. Slip the catch. So far, so good. No, no, wait a minute. Those bottles, you've got to hide one down. That's it, that's fine. In the ceiling light, in the metal bowl. Now set the other bottle by the chair and pull out that cork. And fill the glass. Nothing to stop you anymore, Don. Go on and drink. Drink? No one can see you. It's going quite dark. Quite dark. Soon, soon there won't be any light at all. Mr. Burnham, I thought you was going away. I'll have the usual. Look, Mr. Burnham, this is still morning. Pour it, Matt. Okay. That's when you need it most in the morning. Haven't you learned that yet? Night it's a drink, in the morning it's medicine. I have another jigger of tonic. How about those two quarts? Did you polish off both them bottles last night? Both? Hey, that's right. I did have two bottles, didn't I? I hid one of them. I've still got it. I'm a capitalist, Ned. I got untapped reserves. I'm rich. Mr. Burnham, if you had enough money, you'd kill yourself in a month. Don't make no difference to me. But it sure is tough on that girl. What girl? The one in the leopard coat. She was in again last night looking for you. That's an awful high-class young lady. You bet she is. How the heck she ever get mixed up with a guy that sops it up like you do? That's a problem, isn't it? That nice young man who drinks and the high-class young lady. And why does she drink and why doesn't he stop... That's my novel, man. Morbid stuff. Nothing but the book of the month. Club, a horror story. The confessions of a booze addict. The luck book of an alcoholic. Oh, come on. That breakdown. I'm empty again. You know what I'm going to call my novel? The Bottle. That's all. Very simple. The Bottle. Got it all in my mind. Let me tell you the first chapter. The man with the bottle meets a girl. Extra special girl. He meets her, makes a date, goes on the wagon for six weeks. He's in love, huh? That's what's going to be so hard to write. Love's the hardest thing in the world to write about. It's so simple. You've got to catch it through details. The early morning sunlight hitting the ash cans in front of a house. A ringing telephone that sounds like Beethoven's pastoral. A letter scribbled on our office stationery that smells like all the lilacs in Ohio. And no drinking? He thinks he's cured. If he can find a job now, they can be married, and that's that. But it isn't that. Not quite, because... Fill me up, Matt. I'll tell you why. You see, it's a few months later now, and she's written her folks all about the fellow. They've come all the way from Ohio to meet him. He's supposed to be at their hotel at noon. But suddenly he's scared. He knows he can't face him. Not like that, not cold. He needs a drink, just one. And so he takes just one. And then another, and then another. Then all of a sudden it's five o'clock and he's still there at home with his bottle. He's drunk. He's blind. And when the girl comes up to find out what's happened, that's how she finds him. Don, I understand. Of course I do. You were a little nervous about meeting my folks, so you took a few drinks. What of it? Most people drink a little. Sure. The lucky ones who can take it or leave it. But then there are the ones who can't take it and can't leave it either. Helen, what I'm trying to say is I'm not a drinker, I'm a drunk. Darling, we can go over this tomorrow. Right now. You've heard the facts. That's all there is to it. I've heard them, and they're not very pleasant. But they could be worse. After all, you're not an embezzler or a murderer. You can be cured. That has a familiar ring to it. There must be some reason why you drink. 
The right doctor can find I'm way ahead of the right doctor. I know the reason. The reason is me, what I am. Or rather, what I'm not. What aren't the... What aren't you that you want to be, Don? A writer. Silly, isn't it? Because I could be. I was. Until that guy started looking over my shoulder and whispering. In a thin, clear voice, like the E string on a violin. Don Burnham, he'd whisper. It's not good enough. How about a couple of drinks just to put it on his feet, huh? So I had a couple. That made all the difference. Suddenly, I could see the whole thing. The tragic sweep of the great novel, beautifully proportioned. But before I could grab it and throw it out on paper, the drink would wear off and everything would be gone. And there was despair. And a drink that counterbalanced despair. One that counterbalanced that counterbalanced. That guy would be always at my shoulder. What guy? Who are you talking about? The other Don Burnham. There are two of us, you know. Don the writer and Don the drunk. I tried to break away from that other one a lot of ways. Once I even hocked my typewriter and bought a gun. <laughs> yeah, still got the bullets. Don. I meant to do it on my 30th birthday, but that other Don wanted us to have a drink first. He always does. The gun went for three quarts of whiskey. The flop suicide of a flop writer. But you are a writer. You have every quality for it. Wit, imagination, pity. Oh, come on. Let's face reality. I'm 33. I've never done anything. I'm not doing anything. I never will do anything. Zero, zero, zero. But you will. We'll straighten all this out. Helen, for your own good, you'd better go. Sit down. I'm going to make some coffee. Go on. Clear out. Clear out while you can. Because I've got a rival? Because you think you're in love with a bottle? You don't know me, Don. I'm going to fight and fight and fight. And don't try and argue. Bend down and be kissed. That was three years ago, Matt. That's a long time to keep fighting, to keep believing. A sanatorium, a health farm, a psychiatrist, nothing worked. And still she holds on. You know she's clutching a razor, but she won't let go. Three years of it. Yeah, and how does it come out? I don't know. I haven't figured that far. Want me to tell you? Well, one day your guy gets wise to himself and gets back that gun. Or if he's only got a dollar ten, he goes up to the top of the Empire State Building, way up on top, and then... Or he can do it for a nickel in the subway under a train like that. What if Helen's right after all? He sits down and turns out something good, but good, and that pulls him up and snaps him out of it. This guy... Not from where I sit. Oh, you're wrong, Nat. I'm going to do it. That's why I didn't go on that weekend. See, this time I've got it, Nat. I'm going home. I'm going to write. Weekend, starring Ray Milland, Jane Wyman, and Frank Phelan, will follow in just a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. Have you ever entered a half-lit room where everything was dark and gloomy? Everything seemed lost in shadow? Suddenly bright lights flash on, the shadows are gone. The room and everything in it wakens, comes to life. That difference between dark and light, between shadows and brilliant clarity, is the difference I promise in the appearance of your skin. A radiant, beautiful difference. With just one application of Lady Esther face cream. Yes, a difference you can see. A difference as unmistakable as light flashing on in a darkened room. 
Yes, one application of Lady Esther face cream, and your whole appearance seems to waken, seems to come to life. And what's more, I prove it to you. I prove it in 30 seconds with the patch test. To make this test, just smooth a little Lady Esther face cream on one patch of skin like one cheek. Wipe it off. Then compare that cheek with the other. See the difference for yourself. See the clear, fresh look of that patch of skin. And then touch it with your fingertips. Feel the difference. You see, Lady Esther face cream, this one cream by itself, thoroughly cleans your skin, softens it, helps nature refine the pores, and finally, it leaves a wonderfully smooth base on which powder looks fascinating. And remember... All I ask is the chance to prove what I say, not in 30 days or even 30 minutes, but in 30 seconds the patch test will prove every claim I make for Lady Esther for-purpose face cream. And now, Act Two of The Lost Weekend. The Burnham Apartment. The living room, the portable typewriter on the desk, two shaking hands slip a sheet of paper in the machine and slowly, grimly begin to type. The Bible, a novel by Don Burnham. For Helen, with all my love. Stop it, stop it, I'm all right. I just can't stop. Stop it! Why don't you, Don? Why don't you give it to Ned? Why don't you get some good out of it? 
let's get going. Sure, I know you're weak and the thing's heavy. But it's only to mess, just a block and a half. Come on, start walking. You need the drink, boy. Mr. Boynum, what's the matter? Let me have one, Ned. I'm dying. Just one, please. I thought you were home right in that book. Oh, he tricked me. The same old dirty trick. Give me one, Ned. I'll pay you when I can. I just, just don't let me die here. No credit, and you know it. All right, so is charity. I'm begging for you, one, Ned. Just, just give me one. Yeah, one. One's too many, and a hundred's not enough. Here. Ned. That's all. Oh, please, please, I'll pay you. I'll let you have my typewriter. I'm no writer. You're the writer. Now go on home. Go home. And you better take something to quiet yourself. You're heading straight for the DT. I'm not, I'm not. That's what they all say, until they start seeing the little animals. Oh, shut up! You know that stuff about pink elephants? That's the bunk. It's the little animals. Little tiny turkeys in straw hats. Midget monkeys coming through the keyholes. With one guy, I knew it used to be beetles. Beetles crawling all over them in the dark. That's when it comes, you know, in the dark. Oh, stop it, stop it! Please, please, just one. I'll die if you don't. You'll die if I do. Here, five bucks. But drink it up somewhere else. I don't want that kind of money here. Downstairs phoned me. She promised she'd let me know when you came home. She heard you scream. Go away. Go away. Oh, silly, I came to help you. Come on, now get up. Put your hand on my shoulder. No, wait, we need some light. No, hell no. What's wrong, darling? The wall, don't look. What wall? There, over there, the mouse in the bat, that hole in the wall. There isn't any hole in the wall, look. But I saw it, I saw it. You had some kind of nightmare. Stop shaking, John. Everything will be all right. I'll stay right with you. You'll get some food and sleep. Little animals. It's always the little animals. That's what he said. You're not making much sense. What he said about the ending. Like this. Or like that. Like this. Or like that. Darling, what you need is a good night's sleep. 
I've got toast and coffee and scrambled eggs and... Don! Don, did you hear me? Don! Don, why don't you... Gone. He's not here, he's gone. Yeah? Oh, good morning, miss. Excuse me. Did someone come in here this morning to pawn a... Yes, there it is on the rack. That leopard coat. Huh? I want it back. It's mine. It's your coat. It's all right. He had my permission. How much did you give him? He didn't want any money. He wanted to swap it. For what? Something he hocked here a long time back. What? Gun. Don. Helen. How the devil did you get in? I got the pass key from the janitor. Safety latch wasn't on. What's the matter? Why are you looking about this way? No reason. I I just wanted to be sure I left everything right. Well, I'd, I'd like to finish up a few things before Wick gets back. You'd better run along. And thank you. Don, there was some whiskey left when I cleaned up last night. Was there? Would you like to know where I put the bottle? No. Don't you want a drink, Don? No. It's right here in the umbrella stand. Why don't you, Don? I don't feel like a drink. Not now, I told you. Just one. Here's a glass, please. Say, what are you up to? Drink it. You need it, Don. I want you to drink it. I'll get you some more. I'll get you all you want. What kind of talk is that? I will. I mean it. I'd rather have you drunk than dead. Dead? Who wants to be dead? Don't lie to me. You have a gun and bullets. If those bullets aren't in this drawer... All right, they're not there. What? This business is just a formality. Don Burnham is dead already. He died over this weekend. That's not true. It is. He died of moral anemia, of fear, of shame, of DTs. That Don Burnham. And now you want to kill the other one? What other one? There were two Dons. You told me so yourself. Don Burnham the drunk and Don Burnham the rider. It's just the drunk who died. So the rider's free. No one to whisper anymore. No one to interfere. Oh, stop trying to storm. It's too late, Helen. What do you expect, a miracle? Yes, 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 if I could only make you wait. Who is it? It's me, Mr. Boynum. I got something for you. Come in, Nat. What is it? The other night at my place, you forgot your typewriter. Thought I'd bring it up. Thank you, Nat. Writes real good. I oiled her up a little. I didn't oil her up so you could hock it. I'll take it, Nat. Oh, Sure. Well, goodbye, Mr. Burnham. And, uh, how's all them lilacs in Ohio? <laughs> Don, this is it. It happened. I didn't ask for a big miracle. Helen, you're not serious. Somebody is. Somebody somewhere sent this typewriter to you. Why? Because he means you to write. Write what? I tried. Couldn't even find the first line. Of course you couldn't. You couldn't write the beginning when you didn't know the ending. The end is a question mark, Helen. Will be as long as I live. Don't say that, Don. Come here, Helen. That glass, I'll take it now. Don. Don, you dropped your cigarette in that... Yes, Helen. There's a question mark after every story. Love. Will it last? Success. Does it bring happiness? Death. Is it heaven or hell or sleep? All right, this strength of mine, such as it is... Will it hold out? We'll try.
of the Motion Picture Relief Fund, thank you, Ray Milland, Jane Wyman, and Frank Phelan for your deeply moving performances. Which bring us quite fittingly to the Red Book Magazine Awards for 1945. As you all know, Red Book Magazine annually awards the Red Book Cup for what it deems the outstanding screen achievement of the year. And it is Lady Esther's annual custom to invite one of the previous year's winning cast to make the presentation on behalf of Red Book. Last year's winner, of course, was Going My Way. And here in person is Barry Fitzgerald. Thank you very much. Well, I've just this to say. This is a beautiful cup, and Leo McCary, being Crosby and I, have valued having it for a year. Now it goes into other hands. And I'm sure that millions of people all over America will agree with Mr. Edwin Barmer, editor of Red Book, and Mr. Thornton Delahanty, its motion picture critic, that the cup is going to the proper people, the men behind the lost weekend. Jane, call the boys. Come on, Charlie. Come on, Billy. Go ahead, Ray. Introduce them. Ladies and gentlemen, our two-in-one boss, who between them wrote, produced, and directed the picture, Mr. Charles Brackett and Mr. Billy Wilder. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an honor indeed. In accepting it, Mr. Wilder and I want to thank the people who made the picture possible. Charles Jackson for his brilliant novel, the Paramount Front Office for giving us the green light, you, Ray, and you, Jane, and the whole cast, John Sykes, the cameraman, Don Harrison, the, e the editor, Miklas Roshar for his magnificent music. Billy, is there anyone I've forgotten? Ah, yes. A word of thanks to the man who helped us with our research, to Mr. W.C. Fields, for graciously permitting us to peek at the x-rays of his kidney. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute, Willie. Let's be serious. Uh, speaking for all who worked in it, let me say that we are proud that a story like The Lost Weekend should ever have been brought to the screen. We think it marks a forward step towards Hollywood's real coming of age. And if the screen can approach all human problems with this same sort of frankness, this same sympathy, and this same desire to help, then Hollywood will have justified its place and its importance in our lives. And that's about all except for all of us. Thanks to Red Book, thanks to Lady Esther, and good night. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Do you know what many women have written me about Lady Esther Bridal Pink, my new shade of face powder? It's really very interesting. They say that Bridal Pink has a flattering effect on their features as well as their skin. They say it actually makes their features look smaller and daintier. It's true that Lady Esther Bridal Pink has certain fascinating qualities you won't find in any other powder shade. But I think the most important thing is the way bridal pink gives a softer, younger look to the skin. Why, some women tell me they look as much as ten years younger the instant they apply Lady Esther bridal pink face powder. And it doesn't matter whether you're blonde or brunette, whether your hair is auburn or brown. Bridal pink is intensely flattering to almost every skin it touches. Lady Esther face powder is so fine in texture... It completely covers and hides tiny lines. Even little freckles and other blemishes seem to disappear. Your skin takes on a smooth, flawless look. Try this tomorrow for a real thrill. First, apply Lady Esther face cream. Wipe it off. 
Then apply Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder. What a radiant new face you'll present to the world. Remember, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream, Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder. Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present History is Made at Night. It will star Virginia Bruce and Paul Lucas. Be sure to listen. The Lost Weekend was presented through the courtesy of Paramount Pictures, whose current release is The Stork Club, starring Betty Hutton. Jane Wyman appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of Night and Day. Ray Milan can soon be seen in the Paramount picture Kitty. Frank Phelan will soon be seen in the Paramount production The Blue Dahlia. You save enough on the largest size jar of Lady Esther face cream to buy a box of Lady Esther face powder. So remember, ask for the largest size. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you, and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.